G'day listeners, Hef here again at the top of the podcast. How are we all doing this week? I uh, just wanted to chime in and give you a bit of an update on the membership drive. Uh, got some really good news and that news is we only need 40 more members to meet our goal uh, this off season. So that is, I wanted to try to sign up 100 new members uh, in the pre-season before round one, we'll say. So uh, I don't think anyone actually counts round zero as a real round, surely not. So um, um, yeah, uh, if you want to support the podcast, essentially, we need to try to get 100 new members this offseason uh, to keep the podcast running long term. So if you enjoy listening each week, you value it, you get something out of it, you find it informative, um, or you just find it entertaining and want to keep listening to it into the future, then please consider signing up, supporting the podcast and keeping it going. Just an update on our live show. There's only 100 tickets remaining for that. So make sure you get on board that because they're uh, selling fast. It's on Friday. Friday, the 5th of April. That's the Friday afternoon of Gather Round. Uh, it's going to be held at the Elephant British Pub just off Rundle Street in Adelaide. It's a pub that's basically halfway between Adelaide Oval and Norwood Oval for those who are going to the Brisbane and North Melbourne game. But yeah, you're going to have uh, myself, Kays, you're going to have Warney, you're going to have uh, DC from uh, Hat Chat, you're going to have Jake from Hat Chat, you're going to have Dossie there and you're going to have Louis there as well from the Pod Pod. So if you want to have a fun afternoon on the weekend of Gather around. Uh, hopefully a few people are going to be in Adelaide for the weekend. It does start at around three o'clock in the afternoon. So you may have to leave work if you're working in Adelaide that weekend, but hopefully there's enough people just in town to enjoy the weekend that aren't working that can pop in in the afternoon. We're going to uh, do the show, watch the uh, first half of the uh, North Melbourne Brisbane game, and then we are going to head down to Adelaide Oval and have a party on the hill for those who have a ticket to the game. So should be good fun. Um, anyway, we'll get stuck in the episode. I'll talk to you soon. G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and this week I am joined by Louis from the Pod Pod. How are you, mate? Yeah, good thanks, mate. Good to be here talking uh, some fantasy right before the season kicks off. Now, it actually feels like almost footy season, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's... Uh, it's- Definitely a reminder uh, in terms of the contrast of the broadcasting quality compared <laughs> to the AFL. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a little bit like dipping the toes in at the moment and yeah, getting keen for it. Just yeah. nice seeing some real footy and not having to sort of rely on <laughs> track watches and just tweets and things like that. Well, we probably did have to rely on a few or match watches this week for the stats and things like that, which was a bit of a bit of a shamble. So thank you to those good Samaritans out there. In particular, shout out to AFL Central, the uh, Twitter account. Bloody, they were all over it all weekend. So. Oh, honestly, good on that person because that was just unbelievable content. And I saw that he was getting a few messages from even AFL players. Yeah, wanting the stats. <laughs> how ridiculous it is, man. Like the, the AFL players themselves like want the stats and they can't get them. So, yeah, crazy, crazy times we live in. But anyways, um, good to have you in the show, Louis. There was a um, pretty interesting uh, tweet put out yesterday. It was essentially uh, an all-Australian team of AFL fantasy content creators. <laughs> did you see that? Yeah, I did. Jayden Popowski, thank you well, for putting that together. What a creative idea. I so, loved it. You were, you were named in it? Where were you named? Uh, half forward. So, yeah. yeah, I was pretty pretty happy with that. Maybe get a few snags. I saw that um, you weren't at centre half forward and uh, Calvin was uh, lining up at um, 
centre forward and you were on the half forward flank. And I wasn't sure how I felt about that, if I was thinking real footy sense, because you're a pretty tall dude. I picture you as like a centre half forward. Yeah, but, but uh, <laughs> he's a bit more of a mature age Calvin. <laughs> yeah, so quite fair. often in your in your Amos footy, you, you have the, the stalwart of the team in the forward line yeah. hanging on. So when I thought about it, half forward for him. When I thought about it, I felt like you were like more like, even though you're a different age, but you were kind of like Jack Gunston at Brisbane. You know, like, <laughs> like we'd be parentally injured. You always get injured That's as well. That's true. Yeah, but, yeah, good point. But also, like, you're the kind of you're the third tall. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Yep, so, but yep. probably the most damaging on your on your day as well. So, I got named on the wing, um, which is funnily enough where I want to best and fairest. Yeah, in, well, in the mate, ball, you so. can. Uh, I can see you getting up and down that yeah. wing. You love putting the kilometres into the legs yeah. these days. So. He said, "I'm a versatile winger because I get on lot across all the social media platforms. I'm on X. I'm on Twitter. I'm on same thing, but Facebook, TikTok. So TikTok, yeah, pretty yep. funny, funny thing Got going on dance, there. Dancers over there. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent." <laughs> all right, um, we'll get stuck into all the match simulation news in a second because we've got a heap to get through. This is always these episodes are always pretty long in contrast to other preseason episodes, so we won't jabber on too much at the start here. But uh, we've got a live show coming up, Lou. You're going to be involved in that in some way, shape, or form. Is that correct? Yes, that's yep, correct. You'll be there. Uh, I know absolutely no details about it, though. Well, mate, that's because so we I'll haven't really that one. gotten together and talked about it yet. <laughs> but I think the plan is to actually. Um, we're all just waiting for preseason because all, everyone's busy. Period right now so as soon as um, pre-season uh, is over we've got five five rounds if you include round zero to organise it so we'll get stuck into that I've got I've got a lot up here in the in the mind you know yeah that's ready it. to go I've, and I actually do have some stuff down on paper I just haven't shared it with anyone but I've got it I've got it all planned out don't you worry but um, yeah it's we'll gonna be, be fun okay. um, if you're keen uh, yeah head to uh, head to that um, the link in the description below is probably the best place. There's a try booking page, but Facebook event, there's one there as well. Um, if you're keen to come, um, there's a ticket, uh, ticket link there. You can buy a couple of tickets. Um, come to the Elephant British Pub uh, just off Rundle Street. It's halfway between Adelaide Oval and Nord Oval. So if you're going to either game, you can kind of venture there after. We'll, we're all going to Adelaide Oval afterwards. So um, we'll Port be- Essendon. Port Essendon yep. game. So we'll be watching the first half at the pub. So you can chill with us and watch the pub. And then we'll all walk down to the hill and have a party on the hill. Yeah, get down. Love how, to have a beer with you. How good is that, sound? Oh, <laughs> unbelievable, yeah. I, I didn't get to gather around last year and I sort of had a bit of FOMO. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a massive, like, believer in it at the time. Yeah, I okay. thought, oh, maybe You're it's a just a- No, no, I wasn't a hater. I just sort of saw it as, like, going to the highest bidder, bit of a buyout for the AFL to, to make some money back on COVID. And then- Yeah, fair. It was- Fully embraced by oh, so many people, so good, people yeah. traveling over to Adelaide. I just, yeah, maybe I was short sighted, yeah. but having been in the city at the time and seeing it's such a seeing buzz, it, man. Oh, it was yeah. so cool. So yeah, especially really if you've got kids and shit as well. Like, I know you're, you're in a different probably stage in your life than I am, but um, like just having all the footy festivals and all that sort of stuff going on and um, yeah, seeing all that and then taking it to the footy and all that sort of stuff. It's a great weekend. So um, yeah, good family weekend, good weekend for the lads to just go out and have a few beers and watch some games as well. It's, um, yeah, it's amazing. So get to Adelaide. And if you're there, come to our live show. It'd be great. Uh, anyway, um, let's get stuck into the match simulations now. So we last week we reported on the Melbourne versus Richmond game. So we're not going to talk about it again today to save some time. Uh, head back to last week's episode with uh, Jordy last week and we chatted about it there. But we'll start off with the Collingwood North Melbourne uh, game. First player I've got here on my notepad here, Louis, Tristan Sherry. Yeah, no surprises there either because uh, he's been the person on everybody's lips pretty much since round one last year when he went down with that early knee issue. Uh, I think every single coach from a classic perspective, certainly um, 
had him on the radar from then on. And now with Todd Goldstein departing off to Essendon, uh, he's well and truly the number one ruck. So. Yeah, 100%. And he just dominated. I know it was like Darcy Cameron who does get dominated a fair bit. And then I think he was against Beg for a little bit as well. Um, but like he just looked like a big opposing ruckman out there. Like He, he looks like he's finally sort of done the the tall person apprenticeship in the VFL yeah, and he's had a few AFL games strung together now and just a little bit of confidence in his size, his body, his ruck work and I think that's going to translate to some nice scoring. And just gotten rid of Goldstein as well so he can play that number one role. I think whoever counted the stats, I think he got 104 or something like that and there's the, the scoring was way down because I think she's only got like 114 off 40 touches or whatever. So I was really impressed with his hit out work too. Like yeah, he, he doesn't, um, you know, sometimes you can have a ruckman that's good at one thing and not so much the other, but to have a ruck that can consistently tick over that score with, you know, one fantasy point every minute from a hit out from a stoppage or whatever is really, really nice. Build some consistency and that's why we see quite a high floor with the ruckman. Yeah, definitely. I actually managed um, to get him in the uh, first round of our draft um, this year. So, I think this is how the he first round- dropped. Yeah. So, the guy who owned him, well, when he played one ruck, keep 12. And the guy who owned him had Grundy and Cherry. Yeah, And so okay. there's no point keeping two rucks. So he got dropped. And I did not expect him to get to six. My top five players in the draft were, because I had picked six, my top five was McKercher. The three rookies, McKercher, Reed, Sanders. Sanders yep. Kieran Briggs was in the pool because he wasn't picked up last year. And nice. we, don't, we don't do yep. waivers. So yep. he was there. And then I had Cherry as number five, the fifth best player to pick up. Maybe even four. Maybe even better than Briggs. I don't know. I think they're pretty much on par. But then, uh, yeah, someone picked Jacob Hopper with pick three. So came to me that's also that's <laughs> yeah. also not a bad yeah. little pickup i love when there's some uh some genuine talent in the pool outside yeah, of the uh, the first couple of high draft picks definitely um george wardlaw here that strong inside role um not sure of his ceiling and he was managed from half time but yeah I was, we'll go back sorry to a dot point what do you think his ceiling is do you think he's that more in an underplayer or do you reckon he can be the afl fantasy type that gets oh, on the outside well, you mentioned more? jacob hopper yeah. uh, who's always been this you know star midfielder let's be honest absolute gun um, at his trade, but he's always been a 90 to 95 guy. Yeah, he's correct. in and under handballing. Um, he's sort of that cog to the engine room, and that's probably where I see George Wardlaw. He's more of a power athlete yeah. that has those moments of brilliance that yeah. really you know lift the team up. But is that, that making more of a super coach player? I'm not really sure. I, I, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not uh, I might a super, super coach by yeah. any stretch, but um, yeah, he, he looks a lot like that to me. But um, no, nah, it wouldn't surprise me if he can put up an, an 80 average, but yeah. probably a little bit of concern with his body. He's, it does have the soft tissue injuries, so yeah. that's one to look out for as well. Yeah, but, I think there's, like, there's a lot of hype about him, and I think it's warranted because he is a good player. Um, it's just more so, yeah, where is he going to end up in terms of his fantasy ceiling? But he's definitely one I'll be snapping up in drafts as a younger player for the future, definitely. Fun to watch. Too. Yeah, 100%. He's really good. Colby <laughs> um, McKercher, we got our first like glimpse of him, really, and I'm like I'm sure that he's going to be a fantasy gun. Um, he did look a little bit quieter in quarter one when Fisher was getting all of those kicks and handballs and marks and all that sort of stuff and just racking up the scores but as the game went on he just really built into it and looked like an absolute star by the end had a lot of kicks off half back the kick to handball ratio was awesome and I think it was a really high percentage of disposal efficiency as well so um yeah, there's not really much more we need to say about him. Just pick him up, really. Yeah, I think um, he's definitely had a lot of hype. He's had the comparisons to Zach Merritt. And, uh, of course, Sheasel, naturally, is another comparison that they like to make. And uh, 
Look, he showed us everything that we needed to see, and yeah, that's yeah. why he's going probably top two and in yeah. all the keeper drafts. Went first in our draft, and um, yeah, I think everyone's going to have him as classic team. Where everyone, if you don't have him in your classic team, you're doing something wrong anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> something wrong with you, <laughs> uh, Zach Fisher. Um, got plenty of it, but just didn't use it that well. Really, um, had a massive first half. I think he had forty or something at quarter time points uh, for the people that were watching out there and counting the stats. What are your thoughts? Do you think someone like Zach Fisher can survive? without using the ball well off halfback? Or was, do you reckon that was a one-off game and it's like rusty after the hamstring and all that yeah, sort of stuff? Yeah, I, I probably tend to think he's a little bit rusty. Um, what I saw from him, like, yeah, okay, some of his ball use wasn't great. Um, I think it's probably overstated a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I sort of saw a player that was just super keen and yeah. maybe if he can take half a step more yeah. uh, and not be so go, go, go. Yeah. Uh, like, he was obviously eager to impress there. Yeah. He's probably a little bit up in the air about... Or is this my role or not? And wants to, you know, show the coaches that he can get it done. And sometimes that um, tra- translates to, you know, just being a little bit overzealous with the footy and what you're capable yeah. of. And but new system as well. New system, yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Zach Fisher. I think he can he can play a role in that side. All right. Next question is, do you think all three of them, Zach Fisher, Sheasel, um, McKercher, can coexist in terms of fantasy? Yeah, I do. Because I think McKercher and Sheasel... Um, uh, they do have that variability. They can get into another position and probably play it to great effect. Like McKercher, um, midfielder as a junior, he's a midfielder as a junior. Yeah. Sheasel forward. was a mid forward, yeah. um, and he's already been flagged for more mid time as well, which yeah. we'd love to see. Uh, yeah, I tend to think that, but it does raise some questions. I know he's on the list here as well, but a Dylan Stevens yeah. is probably the outside type type as well, and uh, Bailey Scott as well yeah uh, it was in that team so yeah me and Geordie were having a bit of a conversation in the week that whether Bailey Scott is actually classed as a defender or a winger he loves Bailey Scott I know he does <laughs> he sent me a screenshot of uh, some North Melbourne media saying uh, Bailey Scott uh, it says uh, def- they called him halfback Yes. In the, in the yeah, article, so that. yep. that's just another kind of little sign that they might be planning on playing him in, in defence a bit more as well. So it's going to be interesting how that makeup is there. The one thing I will comment on is like a couple of years ago, we saw decent averages from um, Luke McDonald, uh, Aaron, Hall, Aaron Hall, and, and Jack Zebel yep. in the same side. And but the thing is, with them, one would probably go big than the other at different stages of the career, at the of the of the season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how it makes up. But like, I think all three averaged eighty plus that year. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, possible. That's it. And, yeah, you know, we do uh, as high as we are on McCurshy. You do need to sort of maybe put a ceiling on it because yeah. he could just be a really good rookie and average eighty. Yeah, and that like you still be happy with that too. Oh, absolutely. Um, Tom Powell had thirty two disposals. Um, that split between mid forward looked like a goer. Um, so somebody could get forward status, really. But he, he impressed me. I think he had 32 disposals. Is that correct? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I, yeah. I love Tom Powell. Yeah. Uh, he's been one that I've always gone early for in drafts. Uh, and he, he does tend to slide. I'm probably a little bit over keen on him. And yeah. uh, every single year I face that question, oh, maybe I need to cut this guy and just yeah. cut my losses. And the, the moment you do that I did it last is, year. Yeah, the yep. moment they do it is when they pop. So, so. he's going to pop now. But yep. uh, we know he was an elite junior scorer. Yep, huge. Uh, he just hasn't gotten the role at North. And um, if he can get into that probably top three to four rotation in that midfield, then uh, he just finds a way to find the ball. And he probably is a little bit handball happy. Um, so might not translate to super high ceiling scores, but um, yeah, I think Tom Powell, if he can put it together, he's obviously got a lot of faith from uh, Alistair Clarkson, which we've seen prior to this. So yeah, yeah, 
He's um, yeah, like he looks like he's one he could take that next step. Um, the other one you mentioned briefly before, but Dylan Stevens, I think he's what seeing what I saw in this game, he looks like he's best twenty two at North Melbourne, but I just don't think his role is going to be too dissimilar from what it was at Sydney. So I'm just not sure of his ceiling on the back of that. But, yeah, um, it will run up and down a wing yeah, all day. See what happens this weekend, but I don't see any change really happening there. Um, Jai Simkin spent a lot of time forward. Um, I flagged a long time ago that I think he's someone who gets DPP this season, and I think that kind of makes him slightly more valuable in like, your draft and your keep leagues a little bit more because like if someone gets injured or something like that, he could go in for a few weeks and really pop. And you know, if that's the last six weeks of the season, you know, they put a few people on ice or whatever, and they just put him back in the midfield. You've got Jai Simkin in your team for finals as a forward. It's a pretty handy thing to happen. So like, I'm not saying it's going to happen and you can't build a team based on what you're predicting is going to happen or whatever, but it's just something that might happen. So he's not someone I'd write off completely in drafts. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree completely. And uh, they've got a lot of young kids at North and we do see that the younger uh, players, they start to tire sort of post by and yeah. they've got a lot of kilometres in the legs at that point in the season and Jai Simpkins, you know, he's been in the system, what, probably eight, nine, ten years now. Yeah. Um, he's younger than I thought, though. About 25, like, 24. Yeah, 25 yeah. or 26. Yeah, yeah something like that. Um, but he's got a higher ceiling. If you can pick up forward DPP, I think, in a draft, um, that could be an absolute winner. It could be a really good pick. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other one I've just got on my radar is um, Callum Coleman-Jones. So he was used in defence um, a little bit more because they've just got no key tools. Um, but the other thing is as well, like there's no one else. I know they got Charlie Combin, but there's no no one else to really back up the ruck if Cherry goes down. And it's very likely that Cherry does go down. You know, like mm. he's pretty injury prone. So I actually drafted him with my last pick in the draft because he's listed as a forward who is playing in defence, so he could take a few more marks and shit. I'm not really expecting a big score that way. But if Cherry goes down, he could be the next one in the ruck. So that's my thinking there. If You know, you might get a few good weeks out of him there as a forward. Yeah, that's um, some, that's that's some pretty shrewd thinking, mate. I yeah. actually really like that. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's a, I picked him up. No one else would have picked him up in the draft. And I only picked him because I had Cherry. Because it's like, oh, well, if Cherry gets injured... I'll bring McInerney off the bench for me and might be able to chuck Coleman Jones forward. Yeah, that old handcuff. Yeah, see how he goes. But anyway, um, on to some Pies players. Uh, Not a lot to talk about because I think the Pies took the piss a little bit in this game. Um, They didn't play a lot of their their gun players. I think Pendlebury and Mitchell were out and they took half the team off at halftime as well. But um, the one that stood out to me was Patrick Lipinski. Um, Looked really good when he was in the midfield, but it's just such so hard to get a gauge with, you know, Pendlebury and Mitchell out at the same time. he did spend a fair bit of time forward as though as well, but I've just noticed when he was in the guts or when he was working on the ground, he was really amongst it. So, yeah. Capable player. Yeah. Um, With yeah, forward just, scarcity this year as well. He's someone you got to look at. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, when he's on, he's on. Uh, but he does do a lot of silly things at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he was a sub in the grand final, yeah, wasn't he? That's he wasn't. probably where I was going to touch on. Like, he's yeah. towards that 18 to 22 range of that team. And. Um, yeah, it just feels like it gets moved around a bit to find the right position for him. And uh, with some of those players that are on the outside of that grand final team last year, he might be one that's fighting for that spot. So, Well, it kind of leads into the next guy I want to talk about, like Finn McRae as well. So he had the most CBAs for Collingwood in this game, but just didn't have huge numbers. You know what I mean? Like just didn't get a heap of possession, stuff like that. And that's what I kind of expect of Finn McRae. And Collingwood players in general, like they're not fantasy players anymore. They're system players and they play their roles really well, which is someone... Finn McRae is going to be like, and because classic, we're all thinking about price and he's cheap as chips and everyone's going to pick him up in the classic side if his name round one. Where do you rate him in a draft team for McRae? And I always listed as a forward, but yeah. Oh, that's a good 
question because I'm still not convinced that he even makes it. Like, yeah. he, he does show some really awesome stuff. Well, signs, that's my thoughts. Like, Taylor Adams gone. I know he didn't play in the grand final, but who is it? Lipinski? Is it McRae that replaces him? Is it someone else? Well, I, I would have thought early they would skew younger. Yeah. They may as well get this guy some minutes. And, yeah. Um, you know, he was retained for a reason. He was pretty much one foot out the door and, and uh, the Pies chose to keep him. So yeah. uh, I, I would have to think that there is a spot for him, but, you know, could that also just be, you know, the 23rd man? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens this week. We might get a better indication, especially if um, some of their midfielders come back and play as well. Um, John Noble, another, speaking of other guys who, you know, missed out finals, um, he had a good game off the halfback. I think he was the top scorer from those amateur stats that were done. Um, yeah, just I think everyone's just scarred by best 20, like, you know, last year and whether he's in the best 22. He, he I think he slid late, late in our draft last week. And we, we were, I will, for the listeners out there, I will try to touch on our Keeper League draft in a few weeks um, with the round zero. We usually do it like the week in between um, the last practice game and round one, but we don't have that now. So I might try to do it the gather round, um, no, sorry, the uh, round zero weekend. We'll talk about some drafts and stuff like that. But anyway, um, yeah, John Noble slid um, because I guess everyone's worried about whether he's best 22 or not. But he's that 80 average kind of guy when he plays. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I tend to think the same. He's that guy that you sort of forget about almost, but yeah. he constantly puts up 80 plus scores and occasionally pops for that big one where you go, oh, hang on. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't take a swing at him late. So I, I tend to think he is best 22. And yeah. Um, yeah, it shows a bit of character, I think, that he's coming out and smashing this preseason despite what happened at the end of last year. So, yeah, uh, yeah, bit of fire in the belly. I'll breeze through the last three names i got here. So, Ed Allen, he just got CBAs but didn't really do much, but um, a really highly rated rookie, um, a youngster. I think it's in his second year of footy. Lockie Sullivan, who I believe is an SSP um, pick. Is it SSP yes. pick? Yes. Yep. Um, he got um, a run in the midfield later on in the game, and so did Bo McCreary because uh, everyone's talking about him more midfield time. Didn't get it with their kind of best team early but that's again with a lot of midfielders missing so I just don't see that happening as much as people were maybe expecting this year um, but we'll move on to the Sydney versus GWS game and uh, this was the game with the um, the JVC camcorder from 1996 <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that I tweeted out we are talking about this before like I wrote something like oh you know a billion dollar industry from the AFL and they can only um broadcast this on a JVC camcorder from 1996 there was people saying that it's not AFL aren't the broadcaster so like picking me out on that technicality but then like yeah just so and then like I don't know just people like people like the joke police were out in full force I think yeah yeah (laughs) I've definitely been noticing that a little bit on Twitter yeah Um, not everything has to be taken so seriously yeah (laughs) it's like they're like oh the the broadcast is not actually the AFL and I'm like yeah and this probably isn't actually broadcasted from a JVC (laughs) camcorder from 96 but also watch this stream and tell me I'm wrong like this is this is awful we touched it on the top nobody even took stats for the things yeah exactly but yeah, a few um actually is on Twitter at the moment. But anyway, <laughs> can't try to make a joke anywhere. Um, let's move on to some players. James Jordan. Um, so he was mostly on the wing and uh, had a few CBAs, like a little sprinkle of CBAs in there. But I reckon he's got that wing role when the real stuff starts. Um, we did have a bit of news today that Parker has broken his arm, but mm. I don't think that... I reckon Adams might benefit the most from that. But um, yeah, I reckon he's on the wing. James Jordan is when the real stuff starts. And I think that 75 to... 
75 average, I think, should be on the cards for James yeah. Jordan. I love him. Like he's uh, he, First of all, he's a super fit player, so the wing role is really going to suit him to a tee, yeah. I think. Uh, top three in the My in only the concern trial. is like at Melbourne, he did get that role a few times last year and didn't put up good numbers. But he looked a lot better in this game. Well, so. I don't know. Like His numbers were – like his career average is like – Nearly seventy, if you remove yeah. sub games. So the he, first he does season, he done. played a lot of midfield time, though. Yeah, That's a thing. yeah, it was like thirty percent. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, it felt high when watching it. I think last season was the first season he didn't attend. Yeah, any CBAs, just about. Um, but new club, new environment. Um, said it just before, but a bit of fire in the belly to prove yourself. And yeah. There's probably a spot on that wing for him. And the fact that he can chop out into a CBA just and the forward scarcity just really makes me lean towards a selection like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just a few names we don't really need to discuss, but Logan McDonald just looked dominant up forward. I think just with scarcity of forwards, he, like, I reckon he might be one of the better key forward options in the near future. So he's one I'd be stashing away for now for sure. Angus Sheldrick as well. We can probably chat about this a little bit though. Like He only came in a quarter four, so I was like, no, not best 22. Luke Parker today, injured. Mm. Um, last year when Luke Parker was injured, he had a stack of CBAs and had a good game in that week. So... Could he be someone that comes in, or do you think it's just because Taylor Adams didn't play, Mills is going to come back? What do you think the go is with Sheldrick? I, I love Sheldrick. I think he's such a beast uh, and makes me question, is he not doing something that Horse likes? Because he seems like one that I would probably be wanting to well, select I think every week. The only reason um, he came out of the side last year was injury, I'm pretty sure. Was it? Yeah. yeah I think right. he got injured later on in the season. So it's but, just depth that yeah, may be holding him back. Now they've just got like... The thing is, like, everyone says, like, Sydney got such great depth, and they do. Like, they've got, what, six or seven blokes that could, probably eight, because Heaney was going through there as well in this game. Like, like so many dudes that can roll through there, but what's the depth of quality? You know what I mean? Like, mm. and I know they are, like, Parker's a gun, obviously, but do they have that, like, you know, that elite talent? Like, obviously, they don't have, like, a Bont type player in there or someone like, you know, the Rosie and the Butters types and stuff like that. They're all kind of like, you know, Mills is a superstar in his own right, but like he does fade and stuff like that. And, you know, um, James Rowbottom is just such an in and under. He's almost unnoticeable. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That that might be kind of what's holding him back. Like Sheldrick as big of a gun as I think he is in the midfield probably doesn't have those weapons and flexibility that... Um, some others may have and we've yeah. already got a bloke like Robottom in there yeah. uh, Taylor Adams doesn't do much outside of the CBA mix as well and yeah. just guys that play a role every single week maybe that's why he's not able to break into that side but um, I, I think if he can get that opportunity he's one that you can probably even pick up really late uh, yeah. or off a waiver wire because uh, yeah, he, he's got what it takes. Um, he's 2G4P, but another player I like in this game is Chad Warner as well. He's one in that midfield. I think he can take that next step this year. Um, Braden Campbell um, played as like a defensive wingman and actually played all right. He got better as the game went on. Like he looked a bit gross at the start, but then he pushed deeper in defence and then was involved in, um, involved in some of the kind of uh, running and counter kind of play out of defence. I'm not sure if he actually switched to the halfback later on or whatever, but he got quite a few touches on those switches and things like that in the halfback line. Um but yeah, what do you what do you think? So McInerney had CBAs in this game, so he was playing in the midfield. So would McInerney come out to the wing and maybe like the, the thing I'm trying to alluding to is I like Braden Campbell as a halfback flanker. Um, I think he's going to put up his best fantasy scoring if he plays as a halfback flanker. But they like playing him on the wing. But just thinking about it, if James Jordan comes in, does Justin McInerney go back out to the wing? Like surely he doesn't really play inside. I'm just trying to think. Or is he just part of that wing rotation? What do you think happens with Braden Campbell? Uh, yeah, I think. They probably like him up the ground delivering the ball towards 50 just because he is such a beautiful user of the football. Uh, But also, like, what 
Swan in recent memory is really just killing it off of halfback. Like Lloyd's yeah. probably stat wise, he's killing it, but probably not one, footy but wise. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> when you watch him, oh, play the, the lizard's quite does. damaging. Yeah, 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 but that's for that run carry. Yeah, yeah, that's for different reasons. Yeah. Um, I just wonder if he can get enough of that cheap ball to be like that player that can jump from yeah. know, 75 to 85, 90. I'm not sure yeah. he's not just more quality over quantity at this stage. Uh, I think he might be right. But I think one thing I'm certain of is he's got his, you know, his spot sewn up in the team and he'll be playing each oh, week. So, absolutely. Yeah, he should he should go 70 plus, I think, as a defender, which isn't the worst. Yeah, option. no, I, I think so. And yeah, there is that scope for improvement, I, I still believe. Yeah. Um, Luke Parker, obviously the broken arm, but it was more mentioned, he's 2G4P, but it was more the role. He was split very much between midfield and forward, and I was thinking forward status. I've actually, actually traded him in the off-season quite cheaply because um, he is 31, and I was thinking that mid-forward role is going to be dynamite. I'll, he'll get forward status, someone will get injured, or they'll need him to just go do the in-under work and play full-time midfield again, average 85, and be an 85 forward for me. And now he's broken that arm, so he probably won't get forward status even if he does not for like for 12 while. weeks. Yeah, you might be waiting till sort of round 18 <laughs> might, for that one. Might not even get it. Dividends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Um, but yeah, hopefully he comes back in. What is a broken arm? I've, I've been researching all day. What's a broken arm worth? Uh, some people say six weeks. Some people say six months. So I yeah. think somewhere in between that. I was thinking three. So yeah, yeah maybe in between. Maybe that. I think um, it all depends on how bad the break is and how the surgery, if the surgery is required, how it goes. It might be the context of the swan season as Yeah, well. true. Apparently it's surgery today, so it's probably not a good thing. Um, or maybe it is. Maybe that speeds up the recovery. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, Tom Papley, um, he was live without forward but, and worked further up the ground too, but I just don't see his output being too different. But he's just someone that people look at each year as a forward option. Um, we'll move on to some Giants players. Jacob Ware had 56 points in the second half. Like, that just shows you can score pretty quickly. Someone messaged me during the week. I think it was on the Discord saying that he went at pick three in their redrafts. Oh, like, my God. Apparently, the coach has a bit of a track record with some shocking picks. And to be honest, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we went now draft like that. But, yeah, someone reached and got him at pick three um, just on the back of that performance. So, very, Love it. Fu- Reactionary. Very, very funny. Um, but, yeah, I'm not buying into it too much. Do it again this week, Jacob, and we'll talk about you next week. Um, Jesse Hogan, I think, is just a solid option up forward. Kicked four goals. And the other two, like, forward options, Jack Riccardi and Aaron Cadman, I thought were pretty interesting just because they both spent time in the ruck. Um, so there might be a few. I've always undenied about this. Does ruck time mean more points or does that take them away for the goals where they could be getting plus 12s? <laughs> yeah, I kind of think it. Yeah, they get caught yeah. in between and yeah. get lost a little bit. And I think so too. It's actually like worse. Translate. Yeah, it's actually worse for them, I think, going like I, I wish I had some data or that you know, could actually track those numbers time in the ruck compared to time out of the ruck and what they're scoring. But yeah, I often think like they might get 10 hitouts per game, but they might have kicked another two goals if they were forward or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so, spot on. But yeah. the, these tall forwards, I think, are a really good shout in your keeper leagues because firstly, you're not sort of wedded to them. You don't, you're don't. you not tied down to the pick unless they absolutely kill it. Yeah. Um, but there's guys like you know Taylor Walker, who I'm pretty confident every single year is going to go at 80 as long yeah. as he's got that full forward role. Yeah, and correct. No one wants to touch him, but yeah. we're also in the same breath talking about how there's no forwards and- Yeah. Uh, these guys are really going to um, give us some value this year. One player that just kind of catch, catches my eye every time he plays is Xavier O'Halloran. Now, he played on the wing a fair bit last year, um, but he's listed as a forward this year, so he must have played enough forward time to get that as well. Um, he had a few CBAs in this game, and I did know did notice Finn Callahan and Harry Perriman were missing. Probably someone else was missing as well. Um, but just past the eye test, like, it looks like a good football. It looks pretty solid. Like, it looks like he could hold his own in the midfield. Um 
and yeah, just listed that forward. He just wanted to keep an eye on. I actually forgot to rank him in our um, in our league, and like I just missed him. And then he went, and I was just when he went, I was like, oh, I was really keen on him, but I just forgot to even have him on rank. So that was bloody annoying. Um, let's move on to Geelong versus Carlton. Didn't see a lot of this game, did you? Uh, I saw yeah about twenty five minutes. Yeah, uh, this one was on during work. Did hours, you watch the first twenty five so. minutes? Uh, yes. Did you yep. see Cam Guthrie in the first ten seconds? Yeah, then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't sitting in my classic side, but he spent a lot of time in there this yeah. preseason. And I thought, <laughs> wow, I've just been saved there. Now I've written down kissed. first ten seconds. I've later learnt today that it was actually the first it's, eight it's seconds. Eight seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, Maybe man. that's a reminder to coaches to just you know. Yeah, from a classic perspective, probably more mostly that yeah, some of these older blokes can just go at any any time. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so yeah, poor fella. Um, it sounds like it's a pretty severe one too. So. He did it the whole off season like, in the US <laughs> yeah. too, and yeah, uh, he was getting all these raps on how fit he was, and then f- for that to happen is just yeah, yeah. crazy. No worries, um, but yeah. Um, Poor fella. Uh, the Reese Stanley versus um, Toby Conway uh, battle it was pretty 50-50. Like, I've got no idea who they're actually going to use come round one, do you? I think they'll use Stanley. I, yeah. I reckon that Geelong will be a little bit stubborn um, and try to compete early. And then maybe when the chips are down, they might start giving some minutes to Conway. But yeah. he, he shows a bit as a young ruck, um, but he definitely looks like a young ruck. Is like he still he's still only like 21, isn't he? Yeah, like that's pick twenty or something a couple of years ago. That's the equivalent so. of being like sixteen in rookies. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got a little bit to develop. Um, Sean Manor uh, came on in the second half, I think it was, and played a high half forward role. Like he looked pretty good, but like, is he best twenty two? And is he going to get the midfield time like he did at Werribee last year? I just don't see it happening at Geelong. Yeah, that's probably another one I put in the Toby Conway boat where yeah. maybe when the chips are down, he starts to get a gig. But, uh, you know, I don't think you draft 26-year-olds yeah. uh, out of the VFL that are absolutely killing it like that to not um, seriously think you're going to play him um, at least, you know, significantly during that year. So yeah. Uh, is it a one-year contract he got, or? I'm uh, not sure. I think, like, for Manor, you mean? Yep. I think when you draft, you get two automatically, don't two. you? Two yep. or three. Yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Um, Max Holmes, um, 2G4P. Oh, actually, he's not 2G4P. He averaged 75 last year, didn't he? Um, fair bit of time off that halfback flank. But then he had a lot of centre bounces in the second half. So, I don't know, Louis, are they taking the piss to be playing him at halfback, or is it a real role that's going to happen? Um, I think Tanner Brune... Um, Clark was in there, Bose, they got a heap of CBAs as well. Are they going to be in there, the real stuff? And, you know, if those move out, does Holmes just move in and eat up those? What do you th- I, I don't know. I sort of probably see Max Holmes as more of an outside player. So maybe I, they're just... I think the halfback role suits him. But, like, like is he more damaging there than on a wing? Or... Yeah, well, I guess we'll... Like, he's, he's still so young and he's floated yeah. around a multi- multitude of positions so yeah. far in his career. Maybe they're trying to settle him down off yeah. the halfback flank, uh, add a little bit of speed there where um, previously they're probably a little bit stop-go, stop-go. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I think Tanner Bruin will be into the midfield this year. Yep. Dangerfield is obviously going to be rolling through there at times too. Yeah. Guthrie previously, of course. Looks like Bose might be an inside mid and then John yeah. Clark, the time is probably now as well. So, yeah. 
Um, no, then maybe the, there is a case for it. Like, and if he is playing the halfback role, I like it. I think he's going to be a fantasy gun. Like, could be huge. Mm. So, um, yeah, I was a little low on Holmes if he was going to be an inside mid because I just didn't think he had the kind of strength and the body kind of do it. And he's, I know, I think the last four rounds like was telling because they moved him back out to the wing and brought Brandon Parfitt back into the midfield. So I well, thought that was like, well, that's it. That's the midfield experiment over. But. I don't know, new light in the Mitch Duncan's flank. getting on, so yeah, true. if he gets in, takes that role. Or, maybe that's what they're planning for. Takes that role and yeah, yeah, just a bit of you know practice, really. Yeah, maybe. Um, Grime Myers, don't have to talk about him too much, but I just think he averages similar to what he does last year, so he's going to be a really handy forward option. Um, onto some Saints, not a lot to talk about, but Lockie Cowan is a stash option for mine. Looked good off the halfback flank, just did some nice things here and there. Didn't star, but um, yeah, I think he's one to just lock in for the future. Ollie Hollands though had lots of CBAs and. I don't know. What do you think happens comes round one? Like, does he go back to the to the wing? Because like Sam Walsh was out, Kennedy was out. Do you think he actually gets that run through the midfield that people have kind of been talking about today? No. Nah. Do you reckon he stays on the outside? No, nah, I reckon he'll stay on the outside for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Same. He just looks like a winger, doesn't he? Well, it's there's they're so hard to come by some players with that just yeah. massive tank yep. where they can work run all, all day, day and yeah. like yeah okay we want our midfielders to be really fit and all yeah. that but the wing role is. Uh, it's it's on it's honestly so different. Like what you have to do defensively uh, is very different to being that attacking midfielder. Yeah, he is the perfect prototype for it, isn't he? Mm. The only other one I mentioned is Harry Mackay. I think will slide in a few drafts, and he's capable of bags when he can actually kick straight. So whether that's a thing um, or not remains to be seen. But I think he's just someone who looked good in this game. Um, had a few injury concerns last year. Should be able to put up a few scores of 80, 90, 100 if he kicks a bag of five or six. So, another one to think about. Let's move on to the Gold Coast versus Brisbane game. So, Alex Sexton, bringing sexy back. Um, <laughs> as mentioned by Rocky, apparently Warney tweet, tweeted, uh, sorry, message Rocky, got him to say it on the coverage, which is pretty funny. Was a good line. Was, <laughs> was good pretty line. funny. Um, but yeah, didn't look too bad fantasy-wise, but like his kicking efficiency was a bit off. There was no willpower in the team. My thinking is like, I think he plays like round. Like I think he plays round one. That's not my concern because then that's great for classic pick and classic because you know cheap whatever got a nice roll. My concern is more for draft. Like, are we backing him to play twenty three rounds of football this year with Weller coming back mid season who plays the exact same role? Yeah, like, I don't think so. And like the role was great from yeah. a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, but. Um, the same time from a football perspective, I was going, no way. This, yeah, like, this is like, yeah. this is awful for a for a team um, to have a, a half back spot taken by a guy like this because he was, was just thoughts, there was yeah. no manning up whatsoever, yeah. and that might not be his role. Yeah, uh, understand that, but and the kicking you, know, you really need great. to be just like totally on in terms of yeah, your kicking efficiency and yeah. and your attack. And I'm not sure. Yeah, um, that's him. I think he's probably that. Elder statesman that's signed a long contract a couple of years ago and he's yeah. still on the list. And I think Dimmer has sort of said to him, well, I'm not wasting a forward spot on you, mate, because yeah. I don't see you as being You're part gonna have of to this reinvent setup. yourself. Like, let's reinvent yourself and yeah. I'll give you the opportunity to do so. But yeah. uh, at the same time, you know, that's sort of why I see that he might be given this role. I can't see come round 15 or so, 16, 17, when Weller's back. I can't see all four like of Will Power, of Connor Butterick, of Alex Sexton, Lockie Weller in the same side. No. So, yeah, it, unless someone else gets injured or whatever, you might get lucky, but it's shaky ground, I think, you've for got a season long. Charlie Constable there, though. I was thinking today, this poor bloke, he's just <laughs> so going to be compared I for- I heard Charlie like, Constable vibes underneath, but everyone's been saying that. This guy is yeah. going to be compared to those 350K price range, yeah, uh, range players. We'll move on to a bit of a, I guess, sour name for some, a good name for- 
another bloke if you name Dossie. But uh, Braden Fiorini. Um, look, it'd probably take a brave man to pick him. I wrote last week when I was doing these show notes. And you know what? I picked him in our draft. Oh, wow. Uh, late. Very brave of you. Well, well I'm a very brave man. <laughs> <laughs> um, my reasoning is like he actually looks to be in Dimmer's plans as a wingman. Now, he's not going to have that fantasy ceiling there that he used to. But it looks like he's kind of been groomed for a wing role at Gold Coast this year. And he actually looked quite capable. Yeah, he did. And he lined up there constantly as well. Yeah, exactly. So I think he lines up on that wing all season. He might average 80 if we're lucky. But yeah, picked him up late. And, you know, what if a few people do get injured and he has the odd game back on the inside oh, yeah. as well? So. He can certainly pop those 120s yeah. out of nowhere. But I think Fiorini plays a few games this year. Well, more, you know, he's not going to be on the inside more than, I'm like, sorry, in the team more than he's going to be out of the team, I think, this year. But it's just going to be a, a pure wing role. It's not going to be an inside role. That's yep. the thing. Yeah, there's, there's um, just no room for yeah. him anymore. So I think he just might be a little bit of value later on as a winger. Some of those wingers do pop. Um, Jack Lukosius, just interesting to note, he had a backup ruck role to Wits, uh, with Wits. Um, that's like Joe Danaher pretty much plays the same role. And it's actually quite good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's not awful if he plays that style, um, if um, Gold Coast can improve as well, because he might get a few extra goals and stuff like that. So, I think, I know Jack Lukosius, a lot of people love him because of the halfback days. Um, because, yeah, sour taste in my mouth these days just because he plays forward now. Um, doesn't put up good scores, but I think if he can do a few extra jobs around and stuff like that, he can bump his average up because he's the type of player that can do different things. Um, Bailey Humphrey had low centre bounce usage. Um, everyone spent the offseason talking about his tank, now he's improved it, but they didn't really give him a run in there. The midfield's stacked though, so I don't know, what's your make of Bailey Humphrey? Do we have to wait another year for a breakout? Yeah, I think he's that fifth mid really. Yeah. Um, so he might be having to cut his teeth in the forward line for a little while longer, but did notice he's got couple of uh, new inks. On oh, him, does he? I didn't on, notice yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, massive sleeve. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I did not notice that. He's, he's quite a young-looking guy, so it was mm. <laughs> a little bit confronting to see this massive sleeve on the guy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, kind of like that from a confidence aspect as well. A bit of well, me, me, me compared there, compared to Dusty Martin as a junior, so maybe he's just kind of really leaning, leaning, into, really leaning into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on his haircut <laughs> next then. <laughs> Neck tattoos. Um, Connor Butterick uh, looked good off halfback um, with Powell out though as well but uh, had a heap of it up until three quarter time and then Gold Coast put the B grade team on they put the VFL side on against Brisbane's A like the senior team yeah, so they got belted that was too. crazy they actually held their own for a little bit but um, I think that was very much a test to some of their players the only other thing was David Swallow played across halfback as well but I don't know what's going on there um, he plays a different role each year it seems um, and the other one Ethan Reid he only came on so he's the drafty rookie Ruckman that I really like he came on really late um, so he's nowhere near the first team for example but just did a few kind of freakish t- things talent wise that you kind of don't expect for men that big so well, I didn't just, mind uh, you don't have him on here either Mac Andrew he, he yeah. should Showed a few nice little things. Yeah, like, I, I did. I did appreciate his game. I just don't think he's going to be a fantasy scorer. Yeah, I think he went undrafted in our league. I reckon. So, yeah, one to watch. Maybe. Yeah, he does. He's athletic. So yeah, yeah, probably do a yeah that's few probably why he things. catches the eye. Yeah, yeah. Um, for Brisbane, there was not a lot to take away for them. Um, either the good players weren't playing, or there was guys like Rayner playing midfield that just happens every year, and you go, no way, that's not happening. So it doesn't matter. Um, Kenny Coleman had a stack of it. I think he had a bit of an injury, but it was just cramp or something as well. But he had a stack across half back. The other one, like Dane Zorko, like spent a bit of time in defence. Like he was taking kickouts at one stage and things like that. So that's interesting for someone listed as a forward. 
who's a bit old, he's not going to get any midfield time anymore. Might be able to rack up a few more off the halfback if that's where he's playing. Yeah, you can get him late. Too. Yeah. I really like the Dane Zorko pick. Yeah. Picked him up yesterday, I think. But yeah, there's not much, I think, don't think much changes at Brisbane, to be honest. Like, oh, Darcy Gardner went well, forward. They're in but the window. Who cares? So, yeah, like, yeah, they're not they're changing going anything. For it. They were four points away from a premiership. So yeah, exactly. they're doing the same thing again next year. Um, Zach Bailey, um, just such a great player to watch. Had runs through the midfield and forward, but he's always a tease as well because, you know, you chuck Lockie Neal in there, you know, and Dunkley was playing, but, you know, in the in the main season, it doesn't really happen. I think they've thrown in Rainer now as well by the looks of it. Well, that's so. what I said, but, like, it happens every year in preseason. Mm. Last year was defence, actually. The year before that, it was midfield. The year before that was ACL. But, yes, yep. yeah, I don't know. Um, I just don't – I'll believe when I see it with Rainer. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, yeah. It's, the boat's gone pretty far down that yeah. stream. Like, I don't know. McCluggage just has to get better this year as well. Like, I don't know. I just don't see – Yeah, I don't see how Love they that. all work in there. Um, moving on to the Western Bulldogs versus Hawthorne. Um, did you see this game, Lou? Yes. No, cool. This was a quite a good one for fantasy. There's a lot of um, interesting things to talk about. Henry Husway, um, he had the most CBAs for Hawthorne now. He was compared as um he was compared to Pendles as a junior. So and I know like the Hawthorne fans, like I actually messaged, messaged um a few of them when I was doing my Hawthorne article because I wasn't sure about a few players. Um because they're all so young, I get them all mixed up, I think, as well. But I was like, oh, what's your what's your take on a few of these players? And they were pretty much all of them said, like Henry Husway, like we rate him this kid so highly. So yeah, one that's uh one to look at and it was just, yeah, probably no shock now after I've messaged those guys that he was given the most midfield time on the weekend. Yeah, just does it Translate into the real stuff because I find it so hard to read, man. Like they've got some really high draft picks yeah. that are super talented and shown heaps yeah. that are ahead of him. Probably four, five, maybe even six. Yeah. Um, if you look at it, then man, like the way they did it, like so, Newcomb was like their number one, I reckon. Then you got yep. Will Day when he's yep. fit, he's in there. Then who's the third banana, as they say these days? Is it, <laughs> is it Warple? Because he's kind of very similar to Newcomb I think with lesser football skills. Nash. Nash is it Ward? Is it McKenzie? Is it Husswaite? Exactly. It's such a deep midfield. Yeah, like, it is. It is. Is it Carl Amon's like even more than more on a wing? Apparently he's going to go defence, but he's known to go in there a little bit. Um, yeah, there's it could we could roll pretty deep. Mm. So it's going to be interesting. We've probably, probably forgotten one in there as well. Um, so yeah, like again, just interesting. I know Hawthorne rate him highly. I don't know if this is the year for Husswaite, but I think it's just around the corner. If it's not this year, it might be soon. Um, Massimo D'Ambrosio. I love this guy. Great <laughs> name. So, one of um, the best in terms of his numbers. I think he had the second most disposals for the game and just did some kind of, yeah, classy things. Just ran around half back essentially and just mopped up all day. Now, again, apparently Carl Amon's going to play there. He'll do a similar type thing, so I'm not sure if this is going to be the the kind of role he'll play when it comes to season. But And I and I had heard he'd been training as a winger in the offseason as well um, to kind of replace Carl Amon. So I'm not really sure what the go is. But my question for you is, do you think he's best 22 come round one? Yeah, I think he, um, I think he's pretty close. Yeah. Like, maybe he is that 23rd man, but they were pretty keen to get him over to the footy club. Uh, and Essendon made it difficult as they yeah, always they want to do. And it yeah. went down to pretty much the last minute in both clubs. Um, but mostly Hawthorne could have just left it and oh, no worries we'll try again next time and yeah um he was highly rated clearly by the bombers and he's highly rated at Hawthorne as well yeah I think there is a role for him there potentially um I think I think he's going to be a pretty nice pick yeah I think so um Jack Scrimshaw is the next one another another defender that played pretty well um He's just, I just mentioned because he's been on the nose. Like, I think he was out of the side a bit last year, sliding down. I don't know whether he makes best 22, but he's always had fantasy potential when he does play. I just don't know if the Sam Mitchell system suits him as well as other systems did in the past. Yeah, he really. feels like that Ryan Burton guy who yeah. can just 
locked down a little bit if need be. And yeah. Yeah, they'd rather just put the ball through better ball years. Yeah. Um, one I did really like was Cam McKenzie. Um, that was my thinking. I told you before about the top five in the draft, in our draft went, and I thought those top five would go before I had my pick and my next pick was going to be Cam McKenzie because I just really liked the way he played this week, listed as a forward. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to get a fair bit of midfield time as well because he was absolutely everywhere in this game. Um, 23 disposals. And again, I will thank um, AFL Central. The, I think it's an Instagram account, but now they've gone to Twitter and yeah, yep. pumped it um, out there and they've just got a billion followers this weekend because they've done so much great work with the stats. But I think he's ready to take the next step. Just look next step. He just looked composed. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Uh, he burst onto the scene last year. Like he yeah. was someone that pre-season was going, there was huge, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he was going really high in drafts because they saw him in the preseason games. Yeah. and I think he popped a ton, or it was very close to. And then even to start the season was popped a couple of nineties, and it was like, oh, hello, you know, yeah. there's something here, and um, fell out of the side a little bit. Became the sub at times, but was you know near enough, good enough in what was a really young talented side and pretty tough to break into i think he's one more year in the system and uh he started to develop a bit a bit more confidence maybe yeah uh, big oh, he, body and he just yeah, passed the eye test for me man yeah like, yeah, like he just looked classy as in there so yeah that's uh, a big factor for me um jack Ginovan um worked a bit further at the ground scored two goals i think he just might be a, a handy late pickup if you need a forward bench option that could pop on every now and then or kick a few goals or whatever um the blake hardwick uh forward um Experiment, or I don't know if it's an experiment anymore. It just looks real. That looks like his role. He actually took two marks and kicked two goals. So he's drafted know. as a forward. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, but uh, so he does have the the nous to actually play it then. Um, but it, I guess he'll be that defensive kind of forward though as well, which isn't. Yeah, he'll, he'll tag those halfback flankers, which yeah could could well do. But yeah. he's one that um, we know is very capable down back, and he's a guy that can a bit like John Noble that can pop that eighty average, and you kind of forget about him entirely. Yeah. So what well, do you think if he, he can plays- pick up that forward status and do that? Then do you all think of a he sudden, goes back again though? Because like with um with all the injuries they've had to like their key defenders they might need someone to actually lock down well every time sam mitchell sort of talks about it he does leave the door open a little bit yeah and uh there was a quote um and i'll probably get this way wrong that where he basically said oh we're gonna have a look at it again next week and we'll see if we like it and yeah so that that could mean it doesn't happen in the real stuff and he does go back to defense uh, ideally you want it to happen for like the first six rounds yeah yep. <laughs> then go back absolutely after that. but yeah we'll see what happens uh riley sanders just wow uh 25 disposals, kicked a massive goal yeah, as well. Yeah, I love Did that. Did he impress you the most? Like, if you're not going, if you, if you knew nothing about these draftees, you know, Reid, McKercher, Sanders, and you watched their games on the weekend, who's, who pick, who's the number oh, one pick for you? Sanders, yeah. for sure. But he also Unreal. had the most prominent role as well. Yeah, that definitely. That dog side was a little bit True. weird. <laughs> Pontepelli played in the twos, like, so weird. But yeah, Finn McGuinness went to him at a, at a certain point in yeah, the game okay. too, yeah. which I thought was in- interesting and maybe a sign of uh, what's yeah, to come. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Finn McGuinness's role as well. It'd be pretty sh- easily shut down. I think. I'd rather Finn tag and draftees though. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, Aaron Norton, um, he was dominant. Just kicked a few goals again. Just one for your late in your drafts. Um, if you need forwards, these are the guys you're gonna have to pick up. So he's one of them. Um, James Harms, he was actually pretty impressive at the stoppages, but there was no Bont. Libba was there. There was no McRae there. Um, yeah, James Harms listed as a forward. Can we trust him? I kind of like him, yeah. He's, yeah okay. he's a hard worker. He just has something about him where I think he gets the most out of himself. And yeah. Going from Melbourne where he was that perennial sort of 75, eight, probably 80 uh, is more um, 
up his alley. Yeah. And he goes to one of the most fantasy point rich sides in the comp in the Bulldogs. So if he can get on the end of a few, uh, then I don't mind him, especially with that forward scarcity we've mentioned a couple of times. If he can pump out that 85 average, yeah. uh, it'd be fantastic pick. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's an 85. Like his potential, he's got the potential to do it. I'm not sure if it's there, but I do feel that Western Bulldogs have picked him up for a reason. You know, like that's it's they're not going to not play him or not at least keep him use him at some stage throughout the season. So probably a handy one to have given he's got that forward status. Um, Riley West was another one. I like, did some nice things up forward. Um, only had the one centre bounce attendance, but I think he's a player that just needs to take that next step this season. Yes. I think he might yeah. be able to say. Just hopefully he's got a bit of fire in the belly because um, he did look good in this game. Um, the other thing was Sam Darcy. Tim English didn't play, um, so he spent a lot of time on the ruck and found a lot of the footy that way. I do see Sam Darcy as a ruck option in the future for them, but it's just with Tim English so dominant. I'm not sure how it all works out and goes like that. But yeah, yeah. he's a bit raw, probably yeah, definitely, still. Um, definitely. And what, he's 20, 21 years old. Yeah, I think so it's his third season coming in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's absolute baby in terms of um, a player that tall. I think it's like 207 centimetres or something yeah. crazy like that. So, yeah. yeah, he'll take a bit of time. But when he does get going, he'll be a gun. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other two, oh, Nick Caulfield. Um, Big preseason name because of the classic, uh, the classic hype. But he looked impressive off halfback, like way better than I remembered him being. Really, like I guess no, he was he was kind of back to that twenty twenty kind of form. I found, I thought, but just looked more mature going about it as well. So I'm a lot higher on him now after seeing him play that first game um, in your back line. So I think he's going late in drafts as well. So it's a pretty yeah, handy one to pick on up. Him. I've been banging on about him. You have. You were for- before the season. Yeah, yeah, last, last year, yeah, I, I was remember. just bang, sweet, yeah, yeah. Nick Caulfield. Um, yeah. That was before he even landed at the dogs. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, the other one, Harvey Gallagher, my boy. Harvey Gallagher. Um, got a few CBAs. I think he started the first centre bounce in there. Again, a lot of people missing. No way do I think he lines up there round one. But I just don't think he's too far away from the best 22 on the back of this. And very classy player. He can play halfback, can play half forward, kind of does that. More it's outside that stuff. But I just found it interesting because I never even picked him as an inside midfielder and they were playing him as one for most of the game. The dogs always have that kind of weird player that's just like, why is this guy in the team? Yeah. So I, I, I tend to think even you know every single year, even when the dogs are really competitive, that there is a way to get into that side. Like yeah. Bevo does think differently. So. Yeah, he does actually. So, you know, picking up Caleb Poulter mid-season and playing him for the rest of the year. Like, yeah, they yeah. pick that type of thing. They do lack wingers though, which is like a player that Harvey Gallagher, I thought, might be able to pick up. Same with Lockie Bramble. Like, did a few nice things. Probably not, didn't star or anything, but he's another one that could He'll play on a wing. Uh, and what was the, we forgot his name last time. Oscar Baker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that again now. <laughs> I rate him as yeah, well. Yeah. I think he's pretty handy. They got a, they've picked up quite a few wingers, so it's obviously a, an, an area that they're kind of targeting in the last few years because they feel like they're a bit um, deficient there. But anyway, let's move McRae. on to the St. Kilda uh, <laughs> Essendon game. Um, Marks Windhager injured his hand in the same game versus the same opposition at the same ground, at the same part of the game. That's interesting. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same part of the game. I made the last bit up, but um, we'll run with it. Yeah, like so, and that's what, and he missed the first four rounds of last season. So, or first three rounds, I think it was. So that's a bit um, unfortunate. So hopefully he can recover quickly. Riley Bonner, though, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm not even surprised. He is someone who, when he was at Port, was actually really capable of getting. I feel like, like if you got twenty roll, touches, yeah, definitely you know, seven or eight marks. And when I saw he went to the Saints, well, yeah. well there might be something there if he can crack the best twenty-two. And yeah, he just ran around doing as he pleased. <laughs> so Jack Sinclair was out. Um, yes. Yep. But like Stocker came into the side and did a similar thing last year at the start mm. of the year. I just don't know. 
like does, they could play Sinclair in the midfield though and play Bonner off this role. Like who knows? Um, so he's definitely on the watch list for next week because if he can do that again, you're gonna have a lot of people thinking about him. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and he's shown he can be a fantasy scorer before. Oh, I picked him up like three years ago, for, like thinking he could do this sort of thing, and just never got the opportunity to. Goes to Saints and does it, so that's annoying. Um, but yeah, big watch on this weekend. If he can do it again, everyone's gonna be talking well, about him. Who was the other bloke? Uh, Mason Wood. Oh, of career yeah. revival at the yeah. Saints as well. With At that. the age of like 31, 32 yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tim Memory, um, just a solid game up forward. He's always been a handy draft player to own. Um, in keeper leagues as well, you can pick him up late and he'll score you 70 most weeks in the forward line. So good to see him back out running around and, um, yeah, doing a few good things. Every time I think of Tim Memory, I just think of a palm tree. Have you, have you seen <laughs> oh, that? Just had it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I do. I'm the same. Just cannot get that out of my brain. Yeah. Um, Matthias Philippou had a heap of CBAs didn't win a heap of the footy but it's just clear that St Kilda rate him mm. and that's where he's going to end up eventually so not sure if he pops this year but he's definitely an option for the future um, Seb Ross played a lot of midfield time but no Crouch no Win Hager no Paddy Dow <laughs> um, so interesting good one um, Will Setterfield was right up there and moving on to Essendon there wasn't a lot to talk about they just looked awful in this game I don't know um, but yeah on Essendon Will Setterfield was right up there in the CBAs but like Merritt got subbed out early. No Hobbs, I don't think, played either. No, I don't no. remember. Shoulder. So, yeah, so um, that's an interesting one. If he can play... Like, I, did, I don't see him on the inside in their top three midfielders when everyone's fit, but I see him like the next one in type thing. So, yeah. What do you think? You know, I, don't, I kind of think that maybe he's... Yeah, probably the third guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just owned him last year and I know he got injured, but then when he came... Oh, no, he did have lots of CBAs when he came back. Maybe I'm just thinking of someone else, but yeah. No, maybe you're right. It could be the guy in there that goes for him, but I think he doesn't go as well when, you know, Merritt's playing a full game and well, stuff like that. Like, and Parrish is in there. And, I, and I don't stuff. think he's top three for talent in that midfield by any means. It's more than just a big yeah, body in there. Big that they body can use. and he plays a role. Yeah. And that's why they draft uh, recruited him. And yeah. He, he did all right last year too. No, I owned him last year. He was fine. Um, just got injured the wrong time uh, Sam Durham now there's been a lot of talk about him in the preseason Zach Merritt said really early on in the piece that he expects Durham to go as moving to the inside and I was thinking like well then that means Xavier Dersma comes in and plays his wing all good but then we've known Nick Martin's now going on half back so there is that wing spot back open again for Durham um, so whether this happens in the real stuff I'm not certain but he got the nine CBAs but the, the thing that really looked good like when it comes to clearances and stoppage work he was actually really impressive in there um, got the ball moving I think yeah three clearances in this game so he's just a watch on the roll for me um, could move up to around that 80 mark Mark, if he, you know, all things go his way type thing. So, yeah. just my thoughts on Sam Durham. Uh, Port Adelaide versus Adelaide. Now, I believe you stood Geordie up at the, the game there, Louis. Uh, what's the go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Geordie. Um, I know you'll be listening, mate, You text me, you text me on uh, Friday night saying, you at the game, Louis, you were supposed to turn up and you didn't turn up. Uh, what was I doing? I don't know. Uh, can't remember. Doing Louis things. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's talk about, there's not a lot again to talk about here that, that changes for Port Adelaide. Um, Crow's had a few things, but Ryan Burton, um, I'm not buying in, but he had 14 kicks, a really nice kick to handball ratio, kicked two goals, and he's just a slider in drafts, really on the nose, but I don't like Port defenders, and I think Lou, you were the one who kind of pointed out that no Port defenders actually score well except for Dan Houston. So, mm. And um, he's not even really a defender. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jason Moore Francis is just an absolute beast in the middle and around the stoppages and stuff like that. Do you think he'll win enough footy ever to be a fantasy scorer? I think in a couple of years he will. Okay. Maybe uh, not this year though. He does the hard pits, uh, bits really well for such a young player and that outside game I think will come. Uh, it's easy to 
forget that it, what's his second year, it's his third, third year in the system yeah. now. So uh, really highly rated junior, as we know, went number one. Yeah. Uh, was just, yeah, I, I really rate him. I think that he's not maybe a 110 type guy, but... Uh, a 9,500 well, type Well, yeah, like your Nat Fife, who was always yeah. hovering around 100, 105. Yeah. Like Bont was before last year mm. and then went huge. Um, Ivan Soldo looks like the number one ruck, um, but he looked pretty soundly beaten by O'Brien in the middle, so I'm not sure what that says, but... Yeah, Sweet played the second half, so a gift, a gift, and then the two more of the reserve style players. So that should give you a bit of an indication of um, where it's at. It looks like Soldo is going to be the number one ruck come round one. Um, Ollie Wines, I know you've been big on for a long time. Um, he had the most CBAs for Port, I believe. The only thing is, like, a lot of handballs, so a lot of in and under stuff, leaving the outside run to um, Butters and Rosie. Do you think he gets back to like his Brownlow average year, or do you think he's more of that eighty-five to ninety kind of range yeah, these days? Yeah, no, definitely not Brownlow. Um, it's yeah, it's eighty-five to ninety. He can do his work at the coal face and let the the better players, um, not a knock on him, get to work. You know, that's Jason. You want the ball in the hands of Jason Horn Francis, yeah, um, Zach Butters and Connor Rosie yep. because they're so damaging with it. And yeah, Ollie Wines can play that role where he does feed it to them. But yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if we see. Um, like maybe like a forward rotation between Rosie and Horn Francis mm-hmm. a bit more. This yep. year. Like not huge, but maybe just a little bit more time forward so they can be a bit more damaging around the goals. So, yeah, just have a look at that one. Um, On to the Crows. So, Riley Thilthorpe. Now, he wasn't rucking like I've been trying to wish into fruition for the last probably six weeks. But um, he's looking big. Uh, really took the game on like just big in the contested marks, things like that, and kicked a few goals as well. So I think he could kick a few bags this year. So again, he won't go early in drafts or anything like that. He'll slide. But as a scarce forward option, I think he's one to look at. And he'll, he'll take the second best defender too. Yeah, exactly. He won't, yeah, Tex will get the best one. And then even Fogg probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. if you can get the third best defender yeah, every could week. Could be dangerous. Yeah. Um, Isaac Rankin had a lot of CBAs. And it looks like he's going to play a greater role in the midfield on the back of this game. But my thoughts are just like, they've been talking up Rochelle all preseason as the one to move in the midfield. And he didn't really get that as much of the inside time as we thought he would. No different to like what he did at the start of last year. So mate, I'm, I'm just having a, I'm just making this a point of this weekend, just being a big watch on both of these guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they switch it around and it's like a bit of an audition mm. between the two of them well, and, and Rochelle gets a bit more this week. We'll throw in Pedler too. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get a lot either. So i um, Oh, I know they really rate Rankin in that midfield mix. Yeah. And he was pretty much touted to be in that role before last year. And yeah. then he had a shoulder injury right before round one. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, that was pretty much cactus for the rest of the year. But yeah. to be able to average 75 as a small forward, like I know he pushes up the ground and gets involved a bit, but um, super impressive. And I think yeah, I'm, I'm really high on Isaac Rankin. I'm thinking all Australian and... Uh, improvement on the average again. Well, we did mention Rochelle and Pedler, but what do you, where do you think they go this year? So, do you think Rochelle takes his game to that next level? Do you think Pedler does too? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think that the I think Pedler's probably the one that's more likely to go through that midfield yep. personally. Uh, Rochelle and Rankin, um, in the same sense, they're just so valuable up forward, and it's a little bit like okay, well, midfielders are a dime a dozen. You can fill those holes, whereas it's really difficult to find a player that can put consistent scoreboard pressure on all the time yeah. uh, and just worry the opposition defenders. So I think that's what's going to hold back 
um, a Josh Rochelle. Yeah, I don't see Rochelle ever getting to like a hundred plus heights, or maybe like a, you know in a really good season where they use him in the midfield like more. But I think he's going to be that Toby Green mold where he's like eighty to ninety most years and yep. really damaging up forward a little, with a little bit of time in the midfield. Yep. Whereas Agreed. yeah, Reckon probably could do some things, but we'll wait and see what happens this week. Um, we'll move on to the West Coast Fremantle uh, game. Matt Flynn has baffled me all preseason. So he's just gone stupidly high in the mock draft simulator. And what happens if like it doesn't really count the computer picks unless it, the mock draft simulator doesn't count the computer picks unless they haven't been picked like for the in the last thirty drafts type thing. Mm-hmm. But and then he keeps going up, and I'm like, well, he has to get. And I check the numbers. He keeps getting picked at around the 130, 140 mark. And I just have no idea why. Like, I guess that does put you in the top 12 Ruckman range and maybe there's Ruck runs going on in the mock draft simulator. I'm not really sure. But like, he's always like that. People always pick him as like the 12th Ruck, you know? Yeah, that That's me, mate. I yeah. just keep making teams and maybe. just go on Matty Flynn. Annoying me. Yeah. <laughs> so recently though, he has started to drop. Which is, So he has started to drop down the last few weeks. But a lot of the preseason, people get picking him. I'm not sure if there's a person out there thinking he's like Max Gorn or something, getting mixed up no, or something. I, I honestly think I just big club. Uh, new recruit maybe it's the, the West Coast fans just love yeah, it. yeah yeah for maybe. sure but he was it injured happens. anyway Matt Flynn um, so Bailey Williams rucked all game so it's a bit disappointing to see um, it's hard to really get a gauge of who would be the number one ruck um, there because I like both of those well I think I think I really like Bailey Williams I think he's a good future prospect so do I yeah. Cross, but then they got Flynn and everyone's saying that Flynn's the number one ruck and he wasn't terrible really it's just he was behind the big Kieran Briggs last Where, year where's old Cam Jamison at uh, they tried him at the Callum Jones. They tried him at the start of last year. They tried playing two of them and then they just faded Didn't him work. out. Yeah, no. Um, Jaden Hunt uh, absolutely mopped up across half back, took the kick ins as well. Is he the new Hearn? What do you think? Gee, imagine that. What <laughs> a, what Hunt a was rise guy. that would be uh, yeah. for Jaden Hunt. Duggan and Harley Reid were really quiet in this game. Um, and the ball was just down there a lot. So maybe they, those two had more attention and he was the one who got freed up a little bit. Not really sure. Yeah, there's, but, a um, lot, there's a lot of points opening up there. Yeah, um, a lot of lot of ball back there, that's for sure. Yeah, J- Jaden Hunt does strike me as a, a bit of a trier in the yeah. preseason too. So yeah. maybe the reverts back to the mean a little bit come the real <laughs> maybe, stuff. Maybe, maybe. Um, Brady Hoff uh, was really solid across that half-back line. Um, Copped and knock late. I think it was cramp as well for him in the end, so not uh, the end of the world there. Um, but yeah, got a bit of ball um, throughout the game. So he's one I rate highly as a youngster. Um might break out this year, maybe the next year after that. But, yeah, we'll wait and see. Harley Reid, I thought he did an ACL, the way he was kind of going down really? and holding his knee. Yeah, so, like, he copped a knock and he was, like, on the ground um, holding it, called for the trainers, everything. And then about uh, – he was down for a good probably 30 seconds, like, behind play, and then got up and walked off. So, oh, I didn't – I missed that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was um, pretty scary for he, a little bit there. He – I feel like I've read an article every single week of – Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's probably just the West Australian reporting on everything he does. Yeah. But it feels like every time he Can't leaves the track – Can't take a dump without yeah. him. Yeah, someone <laughs> peering in through the window and writing about him. He, but he anyway. showed some nice signs, though. Like, he yeah. didn't get a stack of the pill. But no, he but did, he showed like, his class. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm still really high on him. And I, he's going to get a lot of attention from whoever he plays as well. They're going to target him to shut him down because, like, what else you got at West Coast? Well, like, you don't really need to do a lot to to, sh- to shut the team down, you know what I mean? That's so, true. Yeah. His versatility is going to play in his favour, I think. Like, yeah. they're talking about half-back and he played a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we know how capable he is as a mid-forward too, so... For sure. Um, Elliot Yo has, definitely has that role that we want him in the in the, like, well, in the midfield, but listed as a defender. Um, the thing is that Eagles midfield just got so fucking dominated. Mm. Like, by Frio. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's... I think definitely classic. Like, you're going to have him at his price or whatever. And in that role, I think he might be a little bit of a disappointment for some of the draft leagues, perhaps. Especially if he's going to lose his... people will reach for him yeah. because of that classic hype. Yeah. Um, I... 
I'm obviously keen in classic on Elliot Yo, but I yeah, think he's a little bit of a hack. Uh, yeah. And maybe not what West Coast need to be doing, be doing to, right now. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, so we'll wait and see what happens there. But uh, he's made a paper as well. So I don't know. We'll wait and see. Look, probably yeah. just injured halfway through the year anyway. Um, I'd, I'd bet on it. Yeah. Nat Fife would have had a good super coach game, I reckon. He only played the half, um, but it's more the role we're looking for for him. And he was, you know, right up there in the CBAs in the guts and looked like, I wouldn't say Nat Fife of old, but that that midfield, midfielder that they've been missing, I reckon, for the last couple of years. 22 touches and a half. Yeah. That, there you go. Yeah. So finds the ball. Pretty, pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So Nat Fife is a forward. Pick him up. Won't be forward status for much longer. Not after this year, but uh, yeah, as long as he stays fit, should be a good option for you this year. Yeah, his maiden voyage. Yeah, maybe. Classic yeah, too. farewell to it. <laughs> um, uh, Jordan Clark. Um, I think it's just going to thrive off halfback this year without Young. I reckon it could be a breakout year finally for him. I love Jordan Clark so much. Um, I think he's going to be yeah such a good pick. He's obviously got no Hayden Young there. Um, just recently, I heard Luke Ryan just can't kick at the moment. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been injured all preseason. I think it was Mini Monk that said that. Yeah. Immediately, I was already keen. The, the sirens just went off. Oh, this guy's going to be the main ball user off halfback. And uh, remember a couple of years ago when he was playing for Geelong, he popped that big 160. Yeah. And everyone was really disappointed when that didn't continue in the main stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it's nice to know that that capability is there and, yeah, Fitness is supreme and he's in a kick mark yeah. uh, game, game style. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm big on Jordan Clark. Definitely. Yeah, that Frio game pl- set plan is good for fantasy, isn't it? Um, James H, half-back roll. So, there's been a bit of talk about that this, this preseason. That looked pretty real as well. Um, he might be the replacement for um, Aiden Young back there as well. So, she'll get some extra touches back there. Interesting note, like O'Driscoll played on the wing wing and Johnson played on the ring wing. I can't say it today, <laughs> at the moment on the, on the wing as well. So mm-hmm. um, moved Aish back uh, into defense. Um, and yeah, so like that looked pretty fruitful for him, but also, yeah, it looks like Nathan O'Driscoll with Henry leaving as well. looks like he's kind of sewn up a wing spot as well. I reckon he should go pretty close to round one. Um, and he looked decent on the, uh, on the wing as well. So he might step up this season. And um, I guess a few other interesting ones like Neil Erasmus um, had a lot of inside mid time, which I probably didn't expect um, as much, but I feel like it might just be like he didn't do a heap but just had heaps of opportunities so yeah. I feel yeah. I might be just trying Pre-season to get a bit of, thing. Yeah, yeah confidence into him see how he go, how he's going type thing um, against a lesser opposition and the other one was um, uh, a first year player um, Cooper Simpson only played the second half but got a heap of it um, could be a stash option played that high half forward role but then worked his way up the ground and was quite good there so yeah just wanted to think bit about Lockie Schultz about him yeah might, might actually might be the replacement but I'm not sure if they go to him straight away Swickowski was actually quite good as well when he was on too um, so but yeah just another option there to think about for the future um, big junior numbers yeah okay yeah as a mid yeah um, oh that's right that's why people are raving about him that makes sense uh, gold members let's read out a few before we get into the questions we're already past the hour mark so we won't try to keep people too long but thank you to Dylan Matthews Glenn Joyce Tom Oates Thomas Maywald Luke Hiscock Justin Woodruff Simon Evans Brian Patton Andrew Zanker who is going to be on the show next week I believe <laughs> um, David Fernandez Edward Ring James Degenhart Jeremy Wine Pat Fagan and Scott Caulfield thank you to all of those uh, gold members for supporting the podcast thank you to every member that supports the podcast and even if you're not a member and you you know support the podcast anyway you like our stuff you share it um, you know you follow us on all our socials all that sort of stuff it really helps so thank you to all those people out there that do support the show alright 
we didn't get a lot of listener questions this week, so I've picked out three for you, Lou, because um, I knew it would be a long episode as well. So the first one, um, Craig Frederick asks, I know it was only a practice game, but Briggs got destroyed by Grundy. Any chance of push, 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 pushing for Ruck 1 this year? Uh, I think he'll be pushing for Ruck 1, yeah, absolutely. Apparently Flynn has been uh, – sorry, um, <laughs> Flynn, Freudian slip. Uh, apparently Briggs has been a bit – like injured in the off season as well, so yep, he might yep. just be kind of still gaining match fitness and match fitness and stuff like that as well. So um, Bruce is going to play that <laughs> play that role, is he? He's probably just as bad. Yeah, I don't think. Um, um, I think if he can really rave home with injury stuff, I feel like if Bruce was anywhere near the team, he would they would have played him because he just hasn't played for so long. Like yeah. surely they would have got him. When in. When he plays, his scores really oh, 100%, well. Though, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like yeah, they just they wouldn't they wouldn't just roll with him round one given his history and, you know, what he's usually like. So I see I think Briggs is safe for the time being. Just probably needs a bit of extra match fitness and Bruce probably needs to have half a season in the twos to prove he's not going to get injured. Yeah. Or yeah. suspended. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Um next question, two or three. Richard Eliardis asks, uh, is Harry Sheasel going to be Nick Dacos two point Could he average hundred and ten <coughs> sorry, hundred and ten um after the show half back flank center split, same as Nick Dacos year two. It's hard to read. I think he's saying like could he go half back and midfield just like Nick Dacos did? What do you think? Uh he certainly could. Uh we saw what he was now he's got the half back roll again. I'm pretty confident year. of it to be honest. Well not one not, not, not one ten. Yeah. But I think hundred plus. Like well he was what, ninety two last year, wasn't he? Uh or even higher, was, was it? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah. yeah. So right, I'll go one oh five then. If he plays well, that role, right, I think he's at one oh five. And yeah. they, they look for him and he's also one of those observable thirst type players <laughs> he that loves he does love the, the peel off the back and give me the footy. So Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I I think yeah, one oh five definitely on the cards for him. For sure. Um and he also wants to know is Nick Martin a top six back this year, yes or no? No. Ooh, I would say yes if he's going to get that back steps, but I've really thought too much about who else would be there. To yeah, be well, and that's <laughs> it. Like, it's he's awesome at his price point in classic. Yeah. Um, and he probably will pick up back status and be a nice pick in all your drafts as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's more about who else is in defense. Yeah. And uh, for that reason, I don't think it'll be top six. All right. Uh, we'll talk to, uh, we'll go to more Tarted's uh, question last one of the night. Um, who are the top five players who ADP has changed, positive and negative, exclude the injured players? Now, I've stuffed up my, I well, didn't stuff it up. I didn't set the data up to be really good at tracking trends, which I know how to do for the future, but it kind of stuffs everything up now. But um, right now, I can kind of look at last 100 versus, you know, um, second, uh, last, you know, first 100 versus last 200 or whatever, that sort of stuff. I can look at that sort of stuff. Some of the players that stand out in terms of the the people that are trending up, um, it's Finn McRae, um, Cam McKenzie, Nat Fife, Bo McCreary was up there. I, don't, I think that's going to slide a little bit. Like, not huge. Like, he's not going early or anything like that. All but forwards. he's going from, like, 400, like, you know, 300 to, like, 250 type thing. Um, and Ben King, since he's come back fit as well. So, you're right. All of those are forwards. So, anyone who's kind of shown a pulse in the last month are definitely rising up. Yep. Yep. Makes sense too and I didn't really get time to have a look at the sliders because they're, they're a bit skewed because lots of different reasons and he said no injured players I think as well which a lot of them were the injured ones like Bailey Scott was a big slider at the moment and stuff like that which he shouldn't be because it's a keeper league but some sliders that are, aren't injured I've noticed um, are Paddy Dow mm-hmm. big one and Archie Perkins Paddy um, Dow's injured that makes sense. Damn. Didn't, oh, he is too. I remember now. Archie Perkins um, is the other one as Forward well. Forward status. Yeah. Yep. So, and just not having a nice role either. So, yeah. Anyways, we might uh, wrap it up. So, um, thank you for Louis to coming on the show. No worries, mate. Where can Alex uh, find you? 
Uh, at AF Lou on, yep. on X, uh, and you can listen to me on Pod Pod. Yep. Coaches Panel, the Keeper League, uh, <laughs> a bunch <laughs> Bit of, of everywhere. At the moment. Yeah, yep. it's, that's uh, what preseason's about, I yeah, guess. 100%. So, yeah. Um, well, but yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Get around our stuff uh, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, sorry, X, TikTok, um, everywhere, YouTube. You'll find us there. Um, also, if you want to support the show, please sign up as a member. There's a link in the description below. And if you want to come see us in Adelaide at the live show, Louie will be there. I'll be there. Kays will be there. Warnie will be there. You were there. You were there. Uh, DC, <laughs> DC will be there. there. Jake yep. will be there. Dossie yep. will be there. I think that's everyone covered. But yeah, um, if you want to come say good day, have a beer with us, listen to us talk shit about AFL Fantasy for a bit, come to, for a party at Adelaide Oval afterwards, we'll see you there. Buy a ticket. They're in the links in the description below. Anyways, that'll do us. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.